Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier podcast. We're here with our second uh, mini-sode on uh, managing as a young leader. So we have, again, our, our guest hosts, uh, Bianca Marichaud and Harley Bazian. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, redefining leadership. So we're going to have a discussion about uh, realizing when you have to invest in leadership and, and how to even do that. And then some aha moments along the way, and maybe some sharing some resources and more spike uh, for folks that are getting into those leadership roles. Um, so so uh, wanted to start about leadership. So when did you know that you had to invest in it? Because sometimes you learn it, sometimes you don't. We talked last episode how uh, Folks are typically given leadership roles when they're 36, but taught uh, and, and formally trained in leadership when they're 40. Uh, so how did you know that you had to invest in, in, in leadership? So uh, either one of you want to go first. I can start. Um, so for me, as soon as I came into a formal leadership role where I was actually leading a team, I knew right away. I need to invest in leadership. And that's actually when I started the organizational leadership certificate through Ryerson University. So in that, I made sure to um, be strategic in the courses that I chose. I really wanted to understand um, things like team dynamics and inter and intrapersonal processes, um, as well as conflict management and resolution and um, ways that you can lead different leadership styles. I mean, I, up to that point, had really only heard about um, servant leadership was the big thing at the time. And then this transformational leadership was sort of up and coming, or I guess was already here, but it was just more in people's face. But there were other ways to lead. And understanding that, you know, even if I identify as maybe primarily servant leadership, there's different instances where I perhaps can't be a servant leader and I need to take a little bit of a, of a different approach in order to, to get things done. So it was really when I actually had to start leading a team where I was like, yep, <laughs> it's time to get some education behind me for legitimacy, but also so I can really um, better understand how to lead this team and take care of myself in the process. Sounds good. And, and definitely it's one where, uh, the buzzwords, the leadership buzzwords of the day will, will, will change and morph. And as we uh, learn, there'll, there'll be changes in, in hierarchy or whatever, that they'll probably have different uh, forms of leadership coming through as well. So um, not only finding whatever kind of is the mood of the day, <laughs> but also picking up what is up and coming um, because there's that Wayne Gretzky quote, which uh, comes to mind is skate to where the, the puck is, uh, sorry, where the puck will be, not where it is. Uh, and, and if you can kind of uh, have that advanced knowledge of, of different types of leadership um, that, that is up and coming in, in, in the educational space, that would be helpful as well. So uh, Carly, what was your uh, kind of thought of when you realized you need to invest in, in, in leadership and, and how did you do that? Very similar answer to Bianca right away. <laughs> when I first became a manager, I had just turned 26 and had very little professional experience. I, I finished graduate school at 23. So I was only working in, in you know, uh, in a full-time job for just over three years. So I had minimal professional experience and no 
management experience. And there is something to be said, having experience really makes a difference when it comes to these things. And I am now 29 years old. So it's now three years since I became a manager and just the amount of learning that has happened organically through management um, has been transformational. But that is also due to the fact that I have really invested in my education. Um, you'll see a theme here, Bianca and I have followed incredibly similar trajectories. <laughs> uh, so again, I also completed an organizational leadership certificate and early, even before that, because I didn't start that right away. Again, when I, last episode, I say, say yes to opportunities. So again, my employer uh, was generous enough to offer ongoing professional development for managers and leaders. And I almost literally signed up for every single session possibly offered. Mm -hmm. And that was beneficial for two reasons. So one, I got to learn a lot about leadership and refine my leadership practice. But I would say even, even more important than that, I developed an amazing network of support, which we've talked about already in the previous episode, and learning from other leaders I admire, learning from their experiences, having a support network to bounce ideas off of one another, or just vent, because let's be honest, leadership can be really crummy sometimes, and sure. dealing with complex HR issues, and toxic team dynamics. I mean, you name it, we experience it. So having that support network was invaluable to my my growth and development. And I still keep in touch with a lot of these people um, to this day, three years later. So those would, you know, were my main, my main sources of support and education. Yeah, I guess to provide kind of a contrasting experience, given that you had both of you had similar ones where, where my kind of first uh, foray into leadership, I guess I was the one I wasn't smart enough <laughs> to realize that I had to invest in my leadership where uh, I was kind of thrown in probably the, the, the fourth project that I was on at work. Uh, I, I uh, was on a team and I had to manage like seven people. Uh, on a technology that had knew nothing about, right? And it wasn't until uh, I guess a, a bunch of years later where uh, I was formally enrolled in kind of like manager school, that sort of thing. So um, you can kind of hear where uh, having that investment and, and knowing how important leadership skills, leadership training is, uh, that can definitely help put your mind at ease in terms of being able to know what's upcoming versus me, I was kind of thrown into the deep end and I was doing my best trying to emulate the people around me. But sometimes that only goes so far when, when you have no idea uh, what the rest of it uh, might, might amount to. So uh, I think that the le lesson here is to, to invest in your uh, leadership skills as early as you can, even, even before you know you, you uh, have a leadership role. Uh, what about some of the aha moments? So, so as you're a new leader, developing yourself, developing others, um, what was uh, a couple of the aha moments that, that were out there? Um, maybe Bianca, I'll, I'll ask you again. Sure. Um, I think the, the biggest aha moment for me when I realized that my leadership was making an impact on the team was when I was no longer met with so much resistance um, and folks were genuinely showing up um, curious and okay. eager to, to learn. So um, part of being in that leadership management role was doing team meetings. Um, and it can just be, you know, going through sort of like a laundry list of things to do for the week or talking about um, new initiatives that are going to be happening and getting folks feedback and opinion on, on different things. And I just remember feeling like literally physically sick to my stomach sometimes <laughs> having to lead them because I, I I was just always waiting, you know, for someone to poke to poke a hole or 
at the time, me thinking they're trying to undermine me um, when it really wasn't undermining. It was just my insecurity and they were just, you know, curious and, and trying to understand things better. Um, uh, I, I will admit there were folks who tried to test me just to make sure I knew my stuff. Um, and so that, that, that was nerve wracking too. But, and I really realized when I was making an impact on the team is when I could just breathe and not <laughs> enter the meeting with like, you know, my, my chest guarded and stuff and having productive conflict as opposed to you're wrong and this is why and, blah, 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 and just actually having meaningful productive conversations on why things are the way they are how we would like things to be and um, and hearing from particularly voices that tended to be quiet and whether that was them actually using their verbal voice or sending me a quick email after the fact just really seeing that the space was more and more becoming things where more people can engage in it comfortably, honestly, authentically. That's when I really started to realize that I was making an impact on the team. Yeah, that's amazing. And, and definitely one where if you had a lot of that uh, physical and mental uh, challenges uh, going through the whole situation, then it makes things uh, a lot easier when you can breathe <laughs> and, and from there uh, know that you're making an, an impact because people are actually taking your, your ideas and comments uh, seriously. So uh, Carly, how about yourself? What were those aha moments and when did you realize you were making an impact on the team? I have a very specific memory that must have been about a year or so into my, my first team that I was managing. I had invited a guest speaker in to facilitate a workshop on the languages of appreciation in the workplace. Mm -hmm. You may be familiar with the love languages. This is the exact same thing, but applied to the workplace. Right. So there's, you know, five languages of appreciation or love and how we like to experience appreciation is different from others, but we mm -hmm. often assume how we like it is what other people want as well. And I remember feeling very hesitant at that time. I was, being very intentional about having guest speakers come in to do tons of professional development for my team, because similar to me in my journey on, you know, learning how to be a leader, no one really gets taught how to be a team player either. So I right. figured, well, if that's learning I'm doing for myself, I should be extending the same opportunities to my team, which they never experienced. And this facilitator came in and it was truthfully one of my most memorable hour and a half workshops I've ever participated in. I was expecting my team to not want to participate and right. not seeing the value and being so honest and vulnerable about what they need to feel appreciated at work. And they must have talked about how much they enjoyed that workshop for weeks afterwards. Nice. And seeing how people were being intentional about supporting one another. And with this team, unfortunately, due to really unpleasant previous leadership, there was a lot of distrust and in, in, in maliciousness between one another. And having to rebuild that trust took a very long time. And this workshop really showed that what I was doing was working and they were able to show up to this workshop and be vulnerable and be honest and, and, you know, show each other that they care about one another. And still to the stakes, that was years ago at this point. Um, it's still one of those moments that I will never forget. I'll never forget. 
it sounds amazing. And it's always a great feeling to know that you've been able to kind of transform things from a, a, an environment, an atmosphere of distrust to one of trust where folks are trying to elevate each other. Um, so that sounds like that, that's, a, that's a great resource for folks to, uh, as managers and leaders, to share with their teams. Uh, what are some other resources that you might want to uh, give for folks that, that uh, they could look up on their own or, or find out more about uh, in order to become uh, better managers and leaders? And maybe Carly, I'll have you go first. Sure. Um, a little bit of a shameless plug, if that's okay. I've, I've started a website recently. Um, we will link to it in the show notes, carlybassian.weebly.com. And um, I have a ton of resources on there for different leadership uh, learning. So I have a list of podcasts, books, different free online modules. Um, just to speak to some of my personal favorites, um, uh, the Work Life podcast by Adam Grant in mm -hmm. all of his books have changed my life. Um, I highly recommend it. Brene Brown, she also has a couple podcasts, a lot of books on leadership. Um, so those are really good places to start. And again, I have lots more on my website. So we'll make sure to get that information to all of you listening. For sure. Bianca, do you have any other ones that you'd want to share as well? Um. I love podcasts and one of my favorite podcasts is the Work Life by Adam Grant podcast um, and Adam Grant is an organizational psychologist so sure. fantastic 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 resource um, and I also love to read and uh, there's a book that uh, just launched like, three months ago now um, called Leadership Reinvented How to Foster Empathy, Servitude, Diversity and Innovation in the Workplace by Hamza Khan uh, yep. and it is it's a great book. Um, Hamza is a great author. He also is author of The Burnout Gamble, which I think is also a really great resource. Um, and I think these three places are really good to start, whether you're a new leader, a seasoned leader, been doing this a long time, um, especially with Leadership Reinvented. Leadership today is so, so different from 10 years ago, even five years ago. Mm -hmm. And this book is a really fantastic foundation about modern leadership and how as leaders and managers, we really need to stand up and, and show up to be the changes that we want to see in the world. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that uh, Hamza's book is making its rounds. Um, so he's a, he's a good friend as well. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad that he's in the company of, of folks like Adam Grant, and I'm sure he'll be happy to, to hear that he's in, he's in good company. So. Absolutely. Uh, what, what is some other uh, swike as we kind of close off this kind of mini-sode for, for um, this section on refining uh, and redefining leadership at this point. Uh, what are some of the swipe, the stuff I wish I knew earlier for, for, for this section? Uh, and Bianca, what would some of the suggestions and advice you'd give? Hmm. Something that I would give, I would say learning is not a destination. You don't just, you don't get there and then stop. Okay. I really think that, especially as leaders, as managers, as, as people, we really do have an obligation to continue to learn and and unlearn, especially okay. unlearning. Um, in, in today's political and social climate, we really are doing ourselves a disservice if we are not engaging with things, and especially the hard difficult to hear, to read, to learn topics. It's so important to make sure that we are pouring back into ourselves and challenging ourselves 
to be to be better and constantly redefining who we are and how we'd like to show up to the world. That's amazing. And uh, yeah, I'm definitely a fan of adopting that lifelong learning mindset. So uh, in leadership or in anything, uh, make sure that you're continuing to grow. Uh, Carly, how about yourself? What would be the uh, some swike that you would share for folks in terms of refining and redefining their, their leadership? I have a, a very similar answer, just phrased a little bit differently, and it's constantly rethinking and forcing yourself to change and grow. Hmm. Going back to Adam Grant, who we've now mentioned numerous times, he really is amazing at his craft. Uh, he recently published a book called Think Again that I highly recommend. And basically the thesis of that book is that we need to constantly be reevaluating our beliefs and forcing ourselves to change and to, and to face that head on. And again, going back and reflecting back to just three years ago and who I thought I was as a leader then is very different from, from where I am now. And I know will be very different in the years and in decades to come. So just constantly forcing yourself to reevaluate your beliefs, reevaluate your practices and forcing yourself to be in that stretch zone. Because if you're too comfortable, you're just going to get stagnant and you're not going to grow that way. That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, props to uh, Adam Grant for, uh, and maybe we'll get some more plugs uh, of him in, in future episodes. But yeah, he is definitely a, a great uh, author and, and just wealth of knowledge in terms of leadership and a whole bunch of other things as well. So thanks both of you for joining us for this episode and uh, on the second part of our, our mini so series on, on becoming a young leader. And uh, we'll have you back for a, a third one. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, kind of next steps and setting yourself up for those leadership roles. So uh, we'll have you back in a future episode. So thanks, both of you. So thanks for joining us. And if folks want to reach out to either of you, uh, where can they find you? So, so Carly, wh where can folks reach out to you? I'm most active on Twitter and LinkedIn. So you can find me on Twitter at cbassian, so C-B-A-S-I-A-N, and on LinkedIn. My name is Carly Bassian. Happy to connect. And Bianca, how about yourself? For me, you can find me on LinkedIn, Bianca Mary Show, and that is the best way to get in touch with me. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U, and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.